Yo, and welcome to the 80th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp, and I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host. Joining us for the first time, someone we've been trying to get on the show for a little while, we have Grant Manley, aka Trick Roar. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Mellow. Thank you for being here. This is one that, you know, we used to record on Tuesdays. That was never good for you. Now we're recording on the weekend. We were thankfully able to make this happen. I'm super excited to talk some Pokemon. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, it's uh, weekends for me is just kind of, you know, in between events. So it works out. It is. Yeah, we're because we're at the awkward time of like, there's nothing until LAIC for you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the Lost Origin format for me was only two weeks pretty much. But uh, I know there's a. Leo, uh, this past weekend and then Warsaw, but I'm not going to either of those. So yeah, it's I mean, so you say, I mean, this wasn't on the, the venue, the like menu of what we're going to talk about, but you say the Lost Origin format's over. Is Silver Tempest actually going to make a big splash, do you think? Or Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I was uh, looking at the cards and like at first I thought, I'm like, oh, this seems pretty good actually. And then uh, I was looking at it a little bit more and I played a few games and uh yeah, probably probably not. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like that big of an uh, impactful set, um, which I think is fine because the past few sets have been like pretty crazy as far as shaking up the game. Uh, so I think it's good to have like a kind of a chill set every once in a while that doesn't really alter the landscape of the meta too much, uh, but still has like a few good cards. So like Serena is going to replace Boss, and the uh, Forest Seal Stone card is going to be like a consistency boost to some card, some decks like Mew that doesn't really need it but uh, yeah a few up, a few upgrades for decks uh, and then Reggie Lucky maybe with uh Volt, but I haven't tested that one yet that's been my absolute favorite thing like exactly what you mentioned Mew gets significantly better but we're also getting all these new hype lists coming out of Japan because it's their first week with the whole thing and it's all these Volt lists with like zero Drapions <laughs> okay I haven't taken a look at those yet but uh yeah I'm sure Japan always has some uh, really crazy decks they're 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 cool for sure the Reggie Regilecki? The Regilecki's sick. But anyway, that's we're not here to talk about the next set because we don't have a set list yet. We're here to talk to you about the Pokemon trading card game. So since it's your first time here, we're going to get into some rapid strike questions. After that, we're going to talk about your history of the game because you are an incredibly accomplished player. A top cut with Reggie's is not the first time you've done well in this game at all. And I feel like uh, some post-pandemic people may not know that. And then we're going to get to how Salt Lake City was absolutely dominated by your testing group to an extent that we haven't seen in many years it feels like so first let's get into these rapid strike questions so you'll have 60 seconds to answer as many as you can straight off the top of your head no explanation no thinking just go okay are you ready yeah let's go am i ready there we go all right question number one winter or summer uh, summer. Favorite snack? Um, peanut butter pretzels. Favorite Pokemon? Mewtwo. Favorite deck ever? Uh, Quad Wobbles. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be late or be early? Early. What is your favorite? Well, it depends what it's for. <laughs> what is your favorite emoji to use? No explanations. Emoji? Uh, probably. I don't know. Maybe like the skull emoji. <laughs> How do you like your steak cooked? Um, medium rare. What are the toppings on your perfect pizza? Uh, <laughs> Bro, the hard questions here. 
I, I didn't probably sausage pepperoni, but you can put pineapple on there, but I might get flamed for that one. No, 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 not here. I'm pro pineapple. <laughs> what color sleeves do you use? Uh, it's different every time. Juniper, sycamore, oak, rowan, or magnolia? Juniper. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. They're, they're all pretty bad. And what's your favorite IC location you've ever been to? Um, Probably NA, actually. Did you really just say Columbus, Ohio? I haven't been to that many ICs, actually. Wait, really? I've been to Brazil and Australia. I guess maybe Australia, but I didn't do a whole lot of sightseeing there, so. Oh, I think, actually, I've never been either, but I think you missed out for sure. But uh, that is time. We got through 13 questions. That's not bad. That's a 65% out of 20. That's a D. Good job. That is passing. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and get into your history as a player a little bit, because that's going to get into the question that I wanted to get to from there, your favorite deck ever, because... I feel like a lot of people listening to this heard that answer, and if they haven't seen your stream before, or they haven't been playing for, God, like, what, six-plus years? They have no idea what that deck is. Which so, one? The Wob deck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to start, start off. How long have you been playing, and what are some of your accomplishments in this game? Uh, I guess it's now been, like, 12 years in change i guess mm-hmm. maybe 11 and change uh so i've been playing a really long time um but i wasn't competitive i guess until like 2013 which uh was my first world's invite which was in the seniors division so that's kind of what i use as my um benchmark for like starting competitive play um and then accomplishments uh my first year in masters was pretty good i got top four at uh, u.s nationals and the year before that i got top four at worlds but that was in seniors so I guess it doesn't really count. And then uh, just top eight, a uh, few regionals. Haven't won one yet, but uh, hoping this season will be the one. Copium. Uh, sorry, was there, any, was there anything else? No, that was that was perfect. That was exactly what we wanted. Okay. So I want to go off of that. Let's come back to that favorite deck of all time. Because most people, it's always something like very basic, like a Verizian Genesect or maybe a Mewtwo Mew Perfection or, you know, something that everyone's heard of. What is a quad wob Jolteon? All right, so yeah, this was like an anti-meta deck that I made for a very specific tournament. Uh, it was good for pretty much exactly one tournament. I guess you could say for one format, but that was, I think, the only tournament in that format that I went to. Um, so basically at the tail end of the Sun and Moon format, uh, the meta was very well uh, defined to be like Decidueye, Darkrai, Volcanion, and then um, a few Mewtwo and Rayquaza. Uh, and those were, like, kind of the decks at, at the time. I think it was, like, 2017. Um, Sun and Moon base set, whenever that came out. Uh, so for the original, I made an anti-meta deck. It was basically a deck that was uh, kind of designed to be... Uh, just beat those decks. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself because I managed to make a deck that was able to do that. Uh, and you used Quad Wob to beat Decidueye Vileplume, which was a deck that was really reliant on abilities, and it didn't run a whole lot of energy. So you'd use a lot of energy removal cards. It's kind of like a stall deck, uh, sort of, but you would take different approaches in different matchups. So like Jolteon EX was a uh, defensive Pokemon, same with Glaceon EX. And you would kind of pivot your strategy based on matchups. But overall, it was sort of like a stall uh, slash disruption deck, I, I guess you could say. Um, and then... Yeah, it managed to beat the meta really well, and the meta was very well established at that point, so it was a pretty strong deck for that tournament. Uh, I I like to say it's the best deck ever made uh, for a specific (laughs) tournament, 
uh, which might actually be true, but maybe not. It may be a little bit uh, biased. Well, I'm definitely a lot biased, but yeah. So I, I went through the tournament. I think I was like 1201 and then like three IDs or something. Jeez. And then uh, one top eight, one top four, and then hit an auto loss in finals, which was a, kind of a rogue deck, the quad lapras deck. Had like 12 energy, energy recycler, uh, puzzle of time. Basically, for intents and purposes, infinite energy, more than I could handle. Uh, and then Lapras could... Uh, and then it was also kind of a stall deck, so they they had more energy than me and more energy removal than me. So it's kind of like uh, just a really bad matchup. Uh, so I, I had no chance of beating that. So I lost in, in finals, but still second place was pretty good. So that that was my favorite deck just because of how good it was for that one tournament and uh, the fact that I was able to come up with that one myself. Uh, so yeah, definitely a good uh, good moment. But uh, I think that was like the best chance to win <laughs> to win a tournament that I had. But uh, unfortunately the James Arnold, with his uh, Lapras deck, was able to make it to finals and, and put a stop to that. Shout out to James, friend of the pod, who has talked about Quad Lapras as his favorite <laughs> deck as well. Yeah, he's he, yeah he's cool. I, I like James. He's, he's a nice guy. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it was not. It was probably probably the most one-sided finals match ever. Like it was. I just was never in a position to even have a chance to win. It was terrible. What's going through your mind then? Just like. You're playing in the finals. You're like, I. This is just miserable. Like, how are you feeling? Is that the point where you're just like, second's pretty good. I'm happy. Or are you just like super salty? Like, this sucks. Why did I have to hit this? Well, honestly, when when we were going into top eight, my uh, I knew there was going to be a Lapras in top eight. So I, the first thing I looked for was me, and then where's the uh, the Lapras? And I'm like, oh sweet, <laughs> I didn't hit Lapras in top eight. And then I look at where exactly he is. I'm like, okay, I don't hit Lapras until finals and he's still got to get there so I'm like okay well that's and then if that happens you know I I did the best I could so when it when when uh James actually did make it to finals I was like well that's too bad you know I wish he had lost to someone first but uh but then I was like kind of resigned to my fate at that point and no I wasn't really salty at that point I was you know I knew I was not going to beat that deck uh, if I if I run into it okay so you're going into top eight knowing like I will lose to this thing and that's okay yeah, honestly, a similar thing happened with uh, with Reggie's this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what a good segue into... Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess before we get into that one, I wanted They're to laughing. also mention... So you're known as... Or, well, as I started playing the game, you are known as an anti-meta deck builder. You're the person where it's like, okay, well, what is Grant Manley playing? Like, what weird concoction does he have that beats the top decks? Do you have any other like examples off the top of your head that's like this thing was really sick here, this thing was really sick here? Because they on the quad wob. Uh, yeah, there are a few uh, seniors. I was like, you can get away with a lot of stuff in seniors. So I played some really crazy decks uh, in seniors, and then um, I guess for uh, one regional, I top eight with Toad Survivor, which I was probably the only person in the tournament playing that deck, um, which was kind of like. The, there wasn't a whole lot of diversity in like the Pokemon, but like it was just like item lock, uh, a ton of poison damage, and then a, a bunch of supplementary trainers. So, but that's not exactly the most revolutionary thing. A lot of people played Toad decks. It was just kind of like a different uh, Toad deck, and then uh, and then there were some Zorok decks that uh, were able to. Zorok is just such a broken card. Uh, so several times I would top eight with like a Zorok deck that was like teched out to beat uh, the meta. Uh, one one good example was uh, there was this one regional, I think it was like in 2018, where I was playing Zorak Mercargo, and there was uh, Rayquaza was like the most popular deck in the tournament, 
Uh, none of them played Blower or Stadium, so I put in one Shrine of Punishment in the Zorark deck, which people didn't normally do because Shrine of Punishment hurts your Zoroarks, uh, but it happened to be like the perfect one-card counter to to Rayquaza because it just let you out-trade them, which it was kind of like a, a deck that you didn't normally just go price trade with, but uh, in that matchup, it was like it was just kind of worked out perfectly. So um, yeah, I, the craziest thing is definitely the Wob deck. There's nothing quite on that level, uh, and then some other Jolteon decks. Uh, over time as well. Like, Jolteon EX is a very good anti-meta card. Uh, recently, it's been really hard because uh, Arceus and Teleon was the biggest deck for a while, and that deck's really hard to counter. Uh, and then Palkia was the next one, which is also really hard to counter. And then if you even manage to counter that, uh, then you still have to deal with stuff like Mew uh, and now Lost Zone deck. So it's been kind of difficult to, to, to build an anti-meta deck lately. But I've been trying, but none of it's... Like, I test a lot of different stuff for... A lot of weird stuff for NAIC... Uh, didn't land on the Mewtwo B Union, unfortunately. That would have been cool. Um, but that deck was like, that deck was like the deck that I wish I I made, basically. But yeah, that deck was pretty perfect for that tournament. Oh, the deck was uh, so then, sick. Yeah, and then a few decks for, um, I guess Baltimore and Peoria anti-meta decks that are trying, but like none of them are quite like good enough. Um, Reggie's, I kind of consider Reggie's an anti-meta deck. Uh, because it kind of is, but it also is kind of a meta deck because a lot of people know about the deck. It's not like really crazy or anything, but uh, the way it works is uh, in line with like the same philosophy of an anti-meta deck. Like you have a deck that uh, is like really good targeted into specific like top meta decks and uh, maybe loses to like a few like random things uh, outside of that, like a few tier twos, like Gudra flying Pikachu. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Unfortunately, two of the decks that made top eight at Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the really the really good thing about Reggie's is that you can actually tech it to be like whatever you want pretty much. Um, so like we teched it to beat Ice Q at Salt Lake. I'm sorry if I'm like jumping ahead of. No, this was my next question was going to be why haven't you been playing anti meta decks this format and you already got into that and then I was going to jump into Reggie's. <laughs> so this is perfect. okay. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of like is it kind of is an anti meta deck. Uh, we teched it for Ice Q for Salt Lake, uh, which was good for Azul because he ran into three Ice Q, um, but me and Caleb didn't run into any. I don't think Kid did either. Um, but yeah, uh, so we had Yellhorn and Bad Lecky in there <laughs> for uh, for Ice Cube. But if you wanted to tech it for Gudra, you could play Miltank. So Miltank would beat a few of the Gudra lists. Um, and then the ones with Aegislash, uh, you maybe could still beat them by just like playing the game normally and forcing them to commit resources to Aegislash. It would be a little bit worse, but the fact that you can pretty much auto-win a few of the lists anyway with Miltank is pretty good. And then if you wanted to beat Pikachu, you could tech like boss and rope probably uh we haven't actually tested that but i imagine that would that would be good enough um because they were um without boss it should be like an auto loss but caleb and azul were able to like have pretty close sets against pikachu anyway so i feel like a couple extra cards i would be able to beat them and then uh those cards are pretty good normally anyway so so uh, you can kind of tech reggie to beat whatever you want because uh, it's bad matchups it doesn't have a lot of bad matchups um, but you can't really commit to all all of its bad matchups because that's just too much space. So going into Salt Lake City, you were ready for Ice Q as one of them. But like, what specific decks were you like worried about? What were the ones that was like, okay, we need to worry about this, 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 this? And obviously, like, did that pay off? And I'm going to assume it did, but <laughs> elaborate a little. Yeah, so for Peoria, we thought that it would be the best deck for Peoria, and none of us made top 8, but we were all really close, and we're like, okay, well, we could probably run this back, and then the fact that no Reggie's made top 8 probably works in our favor a little bit. Uh, and then we were the two things we were worried about were Ice Q and Gudra, 
And Palkia is like a 50-50 normally. So we're just like, okay, well, we'll just take a 50-50 there and that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a whole lot you can really do to about that anyway. And uh, so so the fact is, like, the thing about Reggie's is its matchups are good. Like, that's that's what it, what it has going for it. So it only has a few bad matchups. So we're like, okay, well, if we can tech for one of these and just, like, lose to the other one, that's fine. Uh, and Ice Q, we figured, was, like, just too easy. It's, like, too easy for any deck with Palkia or Mirage Gate to play Ice Q. Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But it's just, like, such an easy thing to do. And a lot of the top players did play play Reggie at Peoria. Uh, and it did have a lot of day two spots. So like, okay, well, it's just too easy for them to do this. And it completely auto-wins you. Like, Gudra doesn't auto-win you. It's bad. It's not It's not a good matchup. But uh, Ice Q would... it. You can't beat it. There's nothing you can do. So we're like, okay, well, we can just play, like, one card to beat Ice Q and then have, like, an unfavorable Gudra, and, that, and that's fine. And so that was uh, the thought process. No, I, I love that tech so much because I would have played, had I been able to go to Salt Lake City, 100%. There was Ice Q in my list with you know i was going to play the lasso and mirage gate twin energy deck and part of the appeal was oh i can auto win reggie's in addition to having very good matchups against you know other stuff right so that was a right genius deck <laughs> so yeah um the the one thing was that you kind of had to play two cards because you had to play the bad lucky but the bad lucky is so good in other situations and it's like a pseudo consistency card uh with the deck because you need like an alecky on your board anyway mm -hmm. uh so it was kind of easy to justify that normally you wouldn't tech in two cars for such a fringe uh situation but uh yeah it kind of worked out so i i think it was a it was a good idea going forward i don't think you need the yellhorn but it's just a meta call i guess so if people are presumably like i guess warsaw is going to be the last regional in this format unless they announce a surprise australia actually gets a regional so like people in warsaw probably not the best move to keep it in because I don't think anyone played Ice Q in uh, Lil either, that I saw at least. Yeah, no one. I, I mean, there were no Reggies in top eight there either. So, like, I, I don't think it's that that big. It's kind of a, one of those, like, reverse psychology loop things where it's like, are they going to play Ice Q? Well, I'm going to, I could just play Yellhorn. So they probably shouldn't play Ice Q. But then it's like, oh, well, maybe if they know about that, then they will. It's like, okay. But it's such a, it's it's kind of silly because, like, Reggies is not like, it's still like a tier two deck. It's not like that big of a deal to, to begin with um maybe i i don't know we did get four four top eight at salt lake but i don't know <laughs> that's like it, really good kind of, it, it, it kind of just comes out of like a 50 50 if like you think people are going to play ice q or not and then at the ice and then if people if the people who can play ice q think you're going to play yellhorn or not so it's kind of like arbitrary to a point uh i guess but you know what i mean right yeah Where no i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah it's that decidui curve kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic yeah, so I'm curious, you said Reggie's a tier two deck. I would have personally put it up to tier one now, purely because looking at the results at both Peoria and Salt Lake City, it had a 25% conversion rate into day two. And then in day two had some of the best placements, just like period of like all the decks that make it to day two. It was the one that was consistently the highest average placements. So why is it a tier two deck? Is that kind of like, I don't want to say fluke because tier two is a very good deck, but like, why would you put it at tier two instead of putting it at what the stats all say it would be, which is tier one. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, so yeah, tier lists are, I guess, a little bit subjective. So uh, when I think of like a tier list, I think of, I scale it with like popularity. And Reggie's was like, I don't know, the seventh or eighth most popular deck at Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just say that that makes it not tier one. But yeah, that's completely fair to put it in tier one as well. Like, uh, yeah, either it, it, it's it's a little bit subjective. But tier one, I would I would be like Palkia Giratina, I guess. Would, would be my tier one but yeah that's that's fine too either way 
Okay, that makes sense. And then to go off the Reggie, so you mentioned like, okay, we knew Reggie had all these good matchups, but like, when did you decide to play Reggie for, I guess we can go back to Peoria as well. Was this a night before this is what we think the meta is going to be and this is the best deck for it? Or were you like prepped up and you're like, Reggie is the play like two weeks in advance or whatever? It was like uh, the week before. So like a few days before I'm like, I was just like thinking about it. I'm like, wait, Reggie's just like wins every matchup right now. <laughs> I think we should test this. And Azul's like, okay. That kind of makes sense. And then everyone else was like, yeah, okay, I guess. Like, it kind of makes sense. And then uh, we tested it a little bit. Oh, we really didn't test it as much as we should have, but we did test it a little <laughs> bit. And it's like, okay, well, this is pretty good against Lost Box. We didn't test against the Crosswitcher version, which actually is uh, is good in the matchup. So, we, But we tested against the Sableye version without Crosswitcher, and that matchup was really good. Uh, and then Giratina, we... I don't remember if we even tested that match, uh, but, <laughs> but we had some experience playing the deck like before. So, uh, like we tested it a lot for Milwaukee and NAIC. So, uh, but and the deck uh, gets better now because the there were two main changes from the last format. Is like Gift Energy in, Flying Pikachu out. Uh, so there was Flying Pikachu obviously got second at Salt Lake, but for the most part for Peoria, it was like very uh, not as popular as it was before because uh, the deck got a lot worse with the new format because of, like, Giratina and, like, Lost Box and everything. So, um, so yeah, that just made Reggie a better uh, call. So we just went, went and played that for Peoria. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Which, I mean, to go off of the, like, Pikachu got second, but it's not a medical, on the RK9 meta breakdown, it's under other Arceus. Like, that's how little flying Pikachu there is, like, in this format right now. Yeah, it was probably like 1% or 2% in the tournament. Oh, yeah, it's ri right? ri ridiculously small. I mean, I don't know because it's literally un like it's under the other category. Okay, okay. So it's like, I don't know. There were five yeah. somehow. Yeah, like, there were a few in day two of Peoria, but I don't think any of them cracked top 32. So uh, we didn't think that we needed to worry about it going into Salt Lake. Which ended up being like, like fine. So... Your team, I don't know, team's the wrong word, but the little testing group you got, right, is <laughs> you, Azul, Caleb, and Kid, correct? Yeah, and Dan, if he ever shows up. <laughs> <laughs> he played at Baltimore, so... So, yeah. in, th in theory, we got the fifth member in there. Yeah. You all have been dominating the past two regionals in this format. Are you ready to take the spot of the, like... Bradner, John Ang, Rahul group as the top group in North America. Can can you make that claim now on the pod? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I wouldn't say we were ever uh, not that spot, but okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of subjective and like arbitrary, so it's like you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're they're really good players too. Um, we're I mean, I, for me, I'm just I'm just playing poke, and whatever happens, happens. I'm just gonna play my best. Uh, and not worry too much about what everyone else is doing. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, we didn't make top eight at Peoria. So, uh, uh, kid, kid got bubbled, nine. right? Kid bubbled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we were, we were close. So, like, I bubbled 16. Azul was like on a winning in, I think. Um, and yeah, Caleb actually lost his winning in a day two to Gudra. And he was like, I'm never playing this deck again. <laughs> and then top eight Salt Lake, <laughs> and then top eight is Salt, Salt Lake with it. Um, How did you yeah, possibly really convince him after that, then? <laughs> I don't know. I think the <laughs> changes that we made... Maybe it was the changes that we made to the list. Um, it might have been that. I don't know. It, it just made too much sense. It was really weird, though, because usually there's, like... 
I feel like for Salt Lake, if there was ever a deck that's good for top eighting, but but not winning, it was probably Reggie for that tournament, which is really weird because that's not not normally the case. That's normally like kind of scrubby. Like yeah. oh, like I'm good to make top eight, but not win. Like so, because you're trying to win the tournament. But obviously, we didn't know that going in. So, uh, like in hindsight, it was like the top eight, but can't win deck uh, for that tournament. Yeah, and those are normally the type of decks where it's like oh, this is a cool, I hate to use the word rogue, but like the cool kind of rogue thing, but in top eight, it always, there's something that just bodies it or people who are smart enough to like, oh, that's what your deck does. That's actually not that good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of those decks that uh, pop up. <laughs> those are always some of the most frustrating ones because like you jump on ladder and you're like, bro, this thing's sick. And then you play it with your friends and it's like, after a while, you're like, well, they won't know to do that. And then you run into the person who does and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's a huge hangout when we're testing a lot of decks is like, oh, like this deck actually flattens Palkia unless they go with this one specific line and then they beat you every time. <laughs> so it's, it's like kind of like, are they going to know to do that? It's like, I don't know, but you can't, you can't really like play a deck, like put a matchup based on like, your opponent not doing the correct thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird though, because most people probably won't in reality. But yeah, that 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 does come up a lot. Um, yeah, we're like you're testing partners and you have figured out the weakness, and then it's like, okay, will my opponents figure out the weakness or not? Like, <laughs> is this good or yeah, not? Yeah, that a good example of that would be the, like the Radiant Charizard deck, which I know you played a lot of. Love that um, deck. And then I was testing that. Yeah, it was. I was like testing that deck for Baltimore because I wanted to play it, and it did end up winning Baltimore. So it was probably <laughs> we probably should have just played it anyway. But uh, yeah, it the Palkia the Palkia matchup. I thought Flying Pikachu would be the bad one, but Flying Pikachu was actually fine. And it's like the Palkia matchup; they know what they're doing, uh, and they have like one of like two cards, like either Cologne or mm -hmm. Quick Shooting, uh, and they and they know how to play it. It was like really bad. It's like oh, the Cologne but, is unfortunately very gross for that matchup. Yeah, even without Cologne, I I was testing with Quick Shooting, and Quick Shooting like completely dismantles that deck if you get it out turn three. The other thing about that matchup, this is a completely aside about a format that is now dead. But you could <laughs> did you these Radiant Charizard and Delia? <laughs> I God, I love that deck. I'm still so salty about Worlds, bro. Freaking slow players. But anyway, uh, so. I figured this one out, talked with Cal Connor about it after. I was like, oh my God, this is genius. Why didn't I know this? But you can play around the Roxanne turn in that Palkia matchup by doing, by like just not choice belting the Charizard and using your goon pings and like the Aqua Bullet smacks. And did you ever figure out that line of play and did it help or was it still just like bad? Yeah, I, it was Palkia. You always go for the mana fee, like as soon as Aqua Bullet is a threat. Because yeah, I've, I found that too. Like the 20 damage on the Aqua Bullet is like so good. Uh, against Palkia, but if they just get the Manaphy down, and their bench does become a little bit congested, but yeah, if they just get the Manaphy down, it's like, uh, it's really, it's really hard to to do much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about that specifically, like playing around the because you're still going to get a Roxanne eventually, unless nah. I guess you go two and then four at once. Yep. I was never able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it wasn't like super consistent, but it was consistent enough that it was a very valid win condition. Interesting. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, completely irrelevant now. Unfortunately, Charizard <laughs> Charizard's dead. I yeah. RIP. But uh last week on the pod, I had Stefan and Alessandro on, and I asked them a question about Reggie's, and they both were like, "Uh, can you answer it to the other one?" Cuz like I don't play that deck. <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like i i feel like red cheese would be the type of decks to fun would really play 
Well, look at his limitless page. It 100% looks like it, right? Because it's like he's got Mad Party on there and he's got the Inteleon, you know, Moltres deck and he's got, oh gosh, there was, there was another janky single prize. It's just like no one played that except you. <laughs> but uh, what would you say drew you to this deck that uh, you and your whole squad, right? Drew you as like, okay, this deck is consistent enough to play while these other top players are like, I'm not even touching that with a 10 foot pole. Okay, so it's funny that you say that because pre-Peoria, my opinion on the deck was like, this deck isn't consistent. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is the least consistent deck I've ever played, but its matchups are probably the like among the best that that I've ever played. It definitely the best in the definitely has the best matchups in the format, but its consistency is not good. So it's like, okay, well it's just the best of three deck, Copium. <laughs> and then I had like three uh unintentional ties because you would break one of your games and it's a single prize deck and uh and it's really slow especially against other single prize decks like lost box or sableye yeah i don't know I, we, we always call it lost box but like the only attackers are sableye charizard so just call it sableye. <laughs> i don't know i guess cram i don't know it feels like box is more like mirage gate and like any anything can be in the box yeah like the um, like yeah. is more of a box than it, towards yeah. sableye deck so um but my my uh opinion on the deck's consistency has improved a lot because uh all the cards are like so integrated neatly like all the search cards can be like drago and then like drago can draw cards or um you have the capture energy and the speed energy and those will get out your reggies or draw you cards and uh the main thing is like actually getting a draw supporter uh which you do kind of need to start out the game because you're not just going to have six reggies three energy in your hand um but other than that, it's, like, pretty consistent because, like, it's very easy to get all your Reggies. They all work nicely together. And then you have Gift Energy, which uh, is basically just free. Like, it's just, like, free whatever you want. Free Roxanne proof. Uh, so I think the deck is, like, actually not that inconsistent compared to the rest of the format. I played against a bunch of Palkias in the past two tournaments, and they would always, like, brick half the time. So <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. Like, it was half the time. Like, half of the games, they would brick. Uh, so... Uh, it definitely feels like it's more consistent than Palkia. And, uh, yeah, so it feels like it's not that inconsistent, but maybe, like, a little bit. Um, not the most consistent thing ever, but it's not, as, it's not as inconsistent as, like, I thought it would be at first. Okay, so you think, like, there's enough options between Gift Energy, the Drago, that, like, with enough reps, it'll average out to, hey, this deck is not a pile. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think our results reflect that pretty well. And you're not wrong on that one, right? It's hard to argue with a bunch of top 32 pluses and then a bunch of top eights. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's and then that. But again, its main strength is like the matchups, of course. So I definitely it definitely felt like I was kind of carried by the deck. Like I'm like, all right, all I have to do is like play these cards and I'm going to win against most of the meta decks. And it's like it was very like uh, not stressful because it's like, OK, well, this deck's just going to carry me because it beats everything when it works. I want to call out something else while we're on the like Reggie team stuff. On Azul's podcast, he said he wasn't worried about top eight because Grant's a free dub every time. Do you have an official response to Azul? I mean, yeah, it's like he didn't have to say it out loud, right? Like it's it's sad, but it is true. Um, but yeah, it was that. Yeah, it, it, he's like, there's really nothing I can say to that it, it's he's right, um, but. <laughs> My cope, my coping mechanism is I always clap him in online tournaments. So, 
we've played a uh, a bit since like I've started streaming and everything. So we played a bit online, and yeah, uh, my record against them online is probably like ten and two or something. So <laughs> yeah, that's my. But obviously, it doesn't matter compared to our regional top eight. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was, I was, I could have, I literally could have bumped him out of top eight in our last round of Swiss because I was beating him, but I would rather, I was more concerned with dodging Kudra. Um, so I tied and I didn't want to like wrench him out of top eight for no reason because, you know, we're friends and everything. So yeah, uh, but I was beating him in Swiss, but I chose to tie <laughs> instead of win. So there you go. But yeah, he always beats me in top eight of these regionals, which is kind of annoying. That's probably like the fourth or fifth one where we play in top eight specifically. And uh, yeah, so not great. I literally he prized double rock game one, and he and he got the heavy ball like turn two, and he like Reggie gated and didn't get anything. I'm like, oh, both your rocks are prized, free dub. And then he gets the heavy ball next turn, and I research trekking shoes speed energy and with a backup Reggie to like a search card. And then I lose, and I'm like, okay, well, that's just great. And then game two, I brick, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'm not too upset about that one, because literally I would have run straight into Gudra anyway, and probably lost, so I really don't care too much about I'm not too upset about that one, I guess. It's that. The same thing would have happened, right? Of, like, same 60 into the goo is yeah, not the best. Yeah, and then Kayla hit flying Pikachu in top eight. And our the two matches we can actually win are are Palkia Giratina and they play each other. So, <laughs> and then somehow the Flying Pika. No, I guess not somehow. I don't know if you've gone back to watch it, but somehow Flying Pika was able to take out the Giratina, which shouldn't really happen that often. But uh, I didn't watch it, but I think Raiding Gardevoir plus Espeon. I, did he even play Espeon? He did play Espeon. He did play right? an Espeon, yeah. Yeah. So like theoretically, uh, I was considering Flying Pikachu for the tournament, and theoretically, you have Giratina. Or not, you have Espeon and Radiant Gardevoir. So, uh, and then Nicholas's list didn't play Vacuum or, or I guess Vacuum probably doesn't matter, but he didn't play like Modifiers. Mm -hmm. um, he might have played, I think he did play Vacuum. I don't remember. I, modifiers, I guess. I guess. Yeah, no the, belt. The main thing. So like Choice Belt, um, Zigzagoon, uh, any of that stuff, or Path even to shut off the Espeon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have a pretty good defense against that deck with Pikachu. Uh, you don't necessarily use the Pikachu, but use the Gardevoir and the and the Espeon. So they can't actually one-shot your Arceus, and they can't use the V-Star ability, I think. Um, I mean, they can. It's just I don't remember stupid his exact list off the top of my head, but yeah. No, I don't know his list off the top of my head either. <laughs> I just, I love Giratina, and it's like, I always want to root for it. So Yeah, that's I actually bias. haven't played any Giratina until like, the other day where I was like, I guess I'll play Giratina on stream, like, for fun, and just, like, ladder with it. And I'm like, oh, this deck's actually really fun. Um, so, yeah, that that was, uh, that was like, the biggest, like, hole in my testing, where, like, I just didn't test Giratina, like, at all. I don't know why. Okay, that was going to be my question. Like, did you not think it was going to be good, or is it just like, eh, I'll get to it eventually, and eventually never came? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's kind of like the, the deck that, like, everyone's playing. So, uh, we yeah. If it, if it, like, was... In a, if we felt like it was the best deck to play and we were considering playing it, then definitely I would have tested it. Um, so you mentioned that you've started streaming, and if people haven't, you know, twitch.tv slash trickroar, be sure to check out Grant play in mostly tournaments, which is like great. You want to watch, as a viewer of Twitch as well, you want to watch one of the best players in the game be one of the best players in the game. So the tournament viewing, amazing. 10 out of 10. Go follow Grant. 
But uh, do you think that has helped you do things like pick up Reggie's a week before and be like, yeah, I can handle this because you play so many random decks because you're on stream? Or is the way you play on stream the way you would have played if you never started streaming of like, I'm just going to pick up random decks and yeah, sure, let's give Metagross a try or let's give Stone Durner a bunch of reps or okay, sure, let's do some Reggie stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think the main uh, use for me, uh, for the main utility that I get out of uh, streaming is I mainly use it as like proof of concept for decks. So mm-hmm. like it's a pretty uh, efficient way of like filtering like the good decks from the bad decks. So like after a few games, like I'll be like, okay, well this deck's clearly no good, um, or or this deck is worth exploring some more, and then I'll do that on my own time. Um, but I think the tournaments are like a fairly good like litmus test of if a deck has any merit. Obviously, like you take the online tournaments with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, but as far as like the meta, like they're fairly representative with a little asterisk by Reggie's because there's no gift energy on PTCGO. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I think it's fairly uh fairly good for for determining like if a deck is like at least uh, has a little bit of merit. So I kind of use those as like uh like trial runs, I suppose. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, as far as if I can pick up a deck, I, I kind of would do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just pick up a deck like the week before and, uh, play a few games with it, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just play whatever, whatever deck I think is the best positioned for a given tournament. I'll play it regardless of if I have a hundred games or zero games on that deck. So much. at what point, because when someone's new, we obviously recommend don't do that, right? But then, yeah. at what point do you like know as a player? And this is partially asking for myself, honestly. At what point do you know as a player where you're like, I can just pick up something because I've been playing so long and I've had so many experiences just playing the Pokemon trading card game that I should feel confident taking this deck that I played five games with two days before to a regional? Uh, I don't know. I think it, it it might be kind of like on a like a scale. Like it might be like a spectrum of like weighing like how many games of this deck have I played and how comfortable am I with this deck versus how how good is this deck? Uh, and you kind of have to like maybe balance the two out. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I guess your question is more of like at what point is it? how good is this deck versus how much have I played? This doesn't matter. This is the only thing that matters. Correct. Uh, and I, I don't know. I guess you just have to... You just have to be very familiar with, like, the meta and, like, uh, your what you're going to do with uh, each of your matchups. Sometimes you can theory them, and if your fundamentals are good enough, you can theory your matchups um, to where you can play the game normally uh, pretty much, like, very well. And then uh, for each matchup you have like a game plan in your head that you can put into practice even if you haven't actually done it before. Um, but that's typically, like, typically you you want to play a few games against uh, those kinds of matchups anyway, just just to, like, make sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely need a lot of experience. I couldn't give you, like, a, like a hard uh, benchmark. Yeah. I guess it would be different for each person. But, yeah, you definitely need to be have a lot of experience with the game. Um, typically, uh, one thing that I will say is even if you're uh, newer to the game, uh, and you're very comfortable with the deck, and as long as the deck is good, like it's a meta deck, like it's Mew or or Palkia or something, if you're very good at one deck, that's that's probably good for a day two, honestly. That that's what worked maybe, for my first day two, where it's <laughs> yeah, it's like I've played a hundred thousand games with this deck, so it worked out. 
Yeah, if you're if you're like good at like one or two decks, and as long as one of those decks is you know good in the meta, then yeah, it's it's probably good for day two. I, I think we we've seen that we've seen that a lot. Um, so so you also mentioned some theorying, and this is a every group has two people, and I'm wondering which category you fall into. One of them when theorying matchups is always like either my deck or my opponent's deck always draws absolutely flawlessly, and the matchup is an auto win or auto loss, and the other one is like. A little more realistic and it's like oh we're gonna brick and this is gonna be so weird and you know all this other back and forth so are you the person who's like every matchup's gonna go perfectly for both sides or are you the person who's like oh it's all these little intricacies that we have to break down and all this other stuff okay that's actually it's really interesting that you said that for this format specifically mm-hmm. maybe maybe more for the last format the astral radiance format but the marnie path decks are <laughs> there's kind of a lot of those yeah and those decks you can't theory your opponent drawing perfectly because your entire strategy is to slow them down with Marnie Path. Like, if you had a flying Pikachu deck, and you were against the Palkia, and the Palkia draws perfectly, you're still going to lose to the Palkia. But the whole point is that you're Marning them, like, every turn or every other turn, so they can't build their huge combos. So so they, uh, they're they not going to draw perfectly. And that's why Flying Pikachu stomps Palkia. Uh, it's like, the Flying Pikachu is good against Palkia, of course, but it's combined with the Marnies that, you, that you're using all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, on the other hand, you have, like, Inteleon decks, whereas... If you're not disrupting their hand every turn, they are going to draw perfectly because all of their cards in their deck are wild cards. Um, so it's it's a lot easier to theory against uh, Inteleon decks, which again aren't as big now. It's it's basically just Palkia, mm-hmm. um, especially for the last format and the one before that, where there are like a bunch of different Inteleon decks. It's like okay, well they're always going to do this. They can always have access to this, this, and this. And if I can beat that, I will beat them because you know they can always do like you you know like the max of what they can do every turn. Um, I guess. Um, so, uh, as so, yeah. It depends. So, to your question, it depends yeah. on the deck. Uh, if you can really theory out that matchup, or you, or if you have to play like sometimes against Marnie Path decks, you have to play like a bunch of reps to be like, okay, on average, like on average, how well am I going to draw off these Marnies? Um, because you can't. That's kind of hard to know uh, in your head. Yeah, that was one of the things I found with the Radiant Charizard deck into Flying Pika was the Marnies were worse than the Flying Pika for the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good. So Marty Path is also something that you've talked a lot about as like it's a valid win condition in this format. So I'm curious, do you think that's going to continue to move forward as long as Marnie exists? Like, you know, into the Silver Tempest format. Is this going to be another thing? Like we're going to see Arceus plus something and these Marnie Path decks continue to be powerful? Or are we reaching the point where the card pool is so massive that this is just becoming a worse and worse way to win games? Um yeah, I think it really just kind of depends on the meta. Like, it was definitely better with, like, Inteleon decks being everywhere because mm-hmm. Inteleon decks don't exactly lose to Marnie. Um, but if you Marnie them four times in a row, then they might lose to that because uh, the whole point is, like, building up combos, and so you have to do, like, a five-card combo every turn with an Inteleon deck. Yeah. Um, but if you're against, like, Reggie, that's another. That's one of the things I really liked about Reggie uh, is it literally does not care about hand disruption at all. It's like, okay, you can Marnie... Like, Oh, Luminion for Roxanne, that's cute. I have a gift energy. And it's like, oh, well, even if you cross switch me, I still have Reggie Drago, Reggie Drago's ability. So so even if, you know, there's a gift energy on the Reggie Drago, maybe I won't get the gift energy, but I'll get the Reggie Drago or or vice versa. Um so it's like very um very resistant to that kind of thing. 
Uh, and then I guess uh, decks with B-Barrel are sort of like the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't as popular anymore. But yeah, if you have B-Barrel, you more or less don't care about hand disruption. Um, but yeah, I think uh, as long as like decks like Kyurem and Palkia are, are big, yeah. And and even uh, even the Lost Zone decks don't like being... Like I was testing Lost Box against Mew, and, and, and Caleb literally Marnie me, Marnie me, Palpad, Marnie me again, and then Roxanne me. Or maybe it was like Marnie... Marnie, Roxanne, and then Palpad, Roxanne. I was, like, literally so frustrated because I'm like, I literally can't do anything. So so as long as, like, the decks that don't like being Marnie are around, so I guess the main ones would be, like, Kiram and even Lost Box, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's why Tord put Guru in the deck, which is probably going to be more of a thing. But even that, you're still going to get Roxanne, like, twice and, and cry. Uh, so, yeah, I think as long as those decks are around, then Hand Disruption is going to be um, pretty pretty good. Uh, one thing uh, when I played against Nicholas Moffat at, at, at Salt Lake, mm-hmm. I would I played him like three times in a row, and he always had the chorus because he had Guru in his deck, which a lot of the Giratinas don't do. Um, so he had the Guru, and he still had to hit like a four card combo, but was able to do it. So um, because like chorus and and the switch cards and the Kofi's all kind of like work together like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that that would be a big thing. And then Kurum can sort of Guru, but if you rock sand Kurum. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they have to guru just to do their energy play. Um, but even if they are able to, to um, yeah, they still don't like Marnie, and they definitely don't like Roxanne. Guru doesn't really matter against Roxanne, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I would say yes, as long as you know, as long as the decks in the meta are are weak to interception. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I think everything you're talking about, like every deck will fold to consistent hand disruption, except like you know, B barrel or. A decently drawn Comfy or whatever. I think that's a very good point, right? Like, <laughs> nothing wants to be Marnie every turn. I don't think anything. Yeah, exactly. To. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's definitely really annoying. Um, so it's like one or one or two Marnies, uh, not a big deal, but it's like Marnie, 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 Roxanne. You know, draw out of this four times in a row. Another question Wait. again. We have Silver Tempest coming up, so it's like the meta will change a bit and all that other stuff. But how much do you think this meta would evolve? If we had another month, maybe another American regional and like two more European or something like that, how figured out do you think these current like law zone engines are? You know, we saw Israel Sosa with uh, Leafy on <laughs> come out and we've seen a bunch of things do well online that are just, I'm just going to say random. They're to the weirdest list out there. Like, do you think this is an open meta or do you think we are really closing in on Mew, Palkia, Reggie, and then the occasional like Goo, Blissey, et cetera? It's like, where do you feel about this current meta? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I think, yeah, you would kind of have the Reggies like going up and down in popularity throughout <laughs> the entire, however long the format is, because Reggies is definitely kind of one of those types of decks where it's like, you know, if if the meta is prepared for, it, it's not very good. But uh, if the meta is not prepared for it, like it's ridiculously good. Um, so I think that there's kind of like always, always going to be that dynamic going on, and that's where my focus is pretty much been on this format uh, i've been kind of like dialed into the the reggie side of things mm-hmm. um i don't know i don't know why so many people are playing kiram honestly i i don't think that deck would continue to be as popular but maybe it will i don't know i think i think kiram's like it's gotten a few top eights but i think that's just because of the volume of people playing it mm-hmm. um and then as as far as the lost zone decks uh yeah i don't know there's definitely some some room for creativity with the lost zone decks um, so whether Giratina is just like the best way to play it, or maybe there's there would be more creative things that come up, uh, it's really just hard to tell. Um, but yeah, that that is an interesting question, though. 
Another thing that I'm throwing this by you, because this is a theory that I have and we've kind of talked about as a team, because you mentioned Kiram, so this has to come up. We've seen Kiram as the most played deck. We've seen Zorark V-Star coming up there. These just go big, beat down decks. Giratina, I think you would agree with me, doesn't entirely fall under beat down because it has so much other stuff on it. You know, it can use Greninja, it can use Sableye, it can use this other stuff. But like, is this a post-pandemic thing of like people are gravitating towards these fairly linear i know kieran players are going to yell at me because technically yes you can do other stuff but like these fairly linear i'm going to go boom every turn decks or is this something that always existed and now that we have statistics and data behind it we can actually see it happening um, if that makes it, sense so so like is i i don't know i think that the the go boom cards are just really good i, I mean i don't know i don't, I don't think zorak's that good but uh kieran the kieran deck i was like uh, when I played the Kiram deck, I was like actually kind of like intrigued by like how uh, not intuitive it is to play uh, mm -hmm. because it's like it's kind of like weird. You get like one Crobat, and that's like all your draw, and then you have to like very meticulously like uh, set up like where all your cards are uh, throughout the rest of the game, uh, and you're not going to nuke something every turn. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're just you're just going to pass or hit for one twenty, um, but. Yeah, it's just it just so happens that right now the 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 go boom cards are really good, and I would say Giratina is kind of uh, like that because you're gonna a lot there are, there are a lot of games like sure you have like other tech attackers, but there are a lot of games where you go two eighty two eighty V star knockout, and that's like that's the game. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I would say it just happens that those are the cards that are good right now, um, but. Uh, sorry, like, what, what was your question? <laughs> oh, I was, I was pretty much asking, like, I guess you're answering it in that. Is that a thing that's just like, this is what's happening? Like, these are the decks that people gravitate towards naturally of like, they're going to go boom? Or is it that you seem to think it's a meta thing, which might be 100% correct? I literally oh, just thought yeah. of this right well, I guess you're, you're kind of right, too. Like, the, the, I guess it's uh, Kiram and Giratina being like the two most popular deck decks. It doesn't necessarily mean they are the best decks but yeah they are pretty good um but it may it might it might be like slightly inflated because people like those kinds of decks i suppose but uh not too much like it would maybe only go down a few percentage points if people were like equally playing every deck based on merit alone i suppose and last thing because people would be mad at me if i didn't ask it about reggie moving forward is it going to still be a viable deck into the Silver Tempest meta, potentially. Maybe not BDIF, maybe not something like that, but do you anticipate Reggie's is going to stick around in some way, shape, or form? Oh yeah, Reggie's is broken. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a good deck. It's such a good deck. Uh, maybe if, like, if for some reason a Tier 1 deck comes out that flattens Reggie's, uh, then that would be what would kill it. Um, but I don't really think that's going to happen. It could. I, I usually eat my words when I'm predicting new sets and stuff. Uh, I'm, like, always wrong about cards before they release um but uh yeah and barring that i think reggie's gonna be really good and i did mention this earlier but uh, i'll say it again the reggie deck can tech for a variety of different bad matchups uh and as long as it's bad matchups are like fringe slash tier two or below uh you can cover like one of those and uh and be like anyone you want and be completely fine because you're going to naturally beat like the top decks um so yeah i think reggie's is, is really good right now it's uh, it's going to be really good going forward, and then uh, if you are worried about a specific matchup, you can tech for it if you want to. I lied. One more Reggie question off of that one. Okay. Did you test Thornton plus Amazing Rare Veltal? 
uh, I didn't personally. We like thought about it. I think it's really bad. I think it's that's like the go to like scrubby tech. But uh, I don't. I don't. So I'm not a huge fan of that. But uh, we did think about it because it does beat Ice Cube. Well, actually, that's not even true because Marlis <laughs> didn't play Boss for Salt Lake City. So I was like, if they have a bet, okay, it beats the lone Ice Cube, right? If they have only an Ice Cube in play, and then you evil tell them, then you win. But if they have any bench. And you evolt all them. They're going to rob the ice cube back, get it back, and mirage gate to it. And or or they're going to kill your evolt all first, I guess. So um, uh, they're going to do that, and then they're going to get the ice cube back and win. So uh, that was. And then uh, for Gudra, uh, they play big parasol. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess maybe it would be good for a flying Pikachu now that if that deck becomes really big because they don't play. Um, I don't think they play parasol. They no, play Espeon. Yeah, but you play path in your deck anyway, so you would do that. Um, but yeah, we did like think about it. If if like you could kind of like cover two matchups with it at once, then maybe it'll be worth it. Uh, it is a really funny card. It's like a cool card, but it's like it's just so hard to use because you have to get get it in your discard pile, and then it's really telegraphed. But if you wait to get it in your discard pile, then you need like uh, Eveltal plus way to discard it plus Thornton plus like an atta- like an attachment for turn mm-hmm. because you have, you can only get like a twin and like two Auroras. So you would need like an Aurora for turn or a twin for turn. It's just like a lot of work. It's either it's either a lot of work and it's telegraphed, or it's even more work and it's not telegraphed. So it's like uh, not not the most reliable thing ever. And then I think the the things that you would want it for uh, don't even like lose to it uh, straight up. So, uh, but it is funny though. It's like it's it, it is definitely interesting that you can uh, Gigas to like a Reggie and then have like four energy on any attacker with Thornton. But yeah, there just wasn't any like room uh, to play it. I guess. That makes a lot of sense, especially when, as you mentioned earlier, you're already beating most of the meta. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are you going to attack when you're already taking phase? Yeah, rolls? I mean, the deck already has six different attackers or seven if you count both lucky. So, uh, like, it just naturally has like a bunch of different attacking options anyway. Grant, congrats on the finish at SLC. And I, this is not Thanks. the last time we're going to hear from you for sure on this season. And uh, yeah, hopefully. If people want to hear more from you, where can they find you? And do you have any shout outs to give? Um, yeah, so, yeah, follow me on Twitter at TrickRoar, and I stream sometimes. I haven't been streaming as much lately, but uh, I still try to be, like, somewhat consistent. Um, we, had so, a, we had a GLC control the other day, or a shot clock the other day, right? Yeah, that, that, that deck is so fun. I love that deck. It's probably <laughs> miserable. It's probably super miserable for everyone who's got to play against it, but it was, like, so much fun to, like, come up with that deck and, like, optimize it, and it's really fun to play. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash trickroar. Uh, I'll play a lot of the late night tournaments, so like standard format tournaments on Tuesdays, and then sometimes uh, at other times. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'll shout out the the crew, Azul and Kid and Caleb, um, for uh, you know Reggie Squad and uh, doing well with the deck and working on it and everything. And uh, yeah, um, and Pokey Beach. Uh, I'm working on a. <laughs> I'm working on a Reggie article right now, so I pretty much will say everything that I said here. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I write articles on Poke Beach. Uh, I try to make them as as competitively relevant as I can, uh, with like lots of matchups information and stuff. And uh, yeah, shout out to Lake of Rage and uh, thanks for having me. It was it was fun. It was great having you. And uh, myself, you can find me Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Please rate and review the pod wherever you listen to them. Check out Grant on Twitch for sure. 10 out of 10 watch, if for no reason other than the occasional salt. So if you watch me, you enjoy the salt, and you're missing it while I don't stream, go watch Grant. It's just as good. (laughs) 
has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.